Um, if you could leave your Bibles open at First Samuel chapter eight, that's where we're going to be this morning. And I pray that our time would be really helpful. Let me, let me pray for us right now as we come to God's Word. Heavenly Father, Jesus says in John's Gospel, as he speaks to the Pharisees, that they seek the Scriptures because they think that by him they have life. But by them they have life. Sorry. But Jesus tells us that these Scriptures testify about him. And so my prayer this morning is that as we open up this part of your word in the Old Testament, that you would help us to see clearly the Lord Jesus and to see what we have in him. I pray this not for my sake, but for his. And I pray it in his name. Amen. Well, insurance is actually a multi-trillion dollar industry. Now, I'm sure probably most of you, if not all of you, would have some form of insurance. Life insurance, health insurance, car insurance, traveling insurance, home and contents. You see, the insurance industry is built on offering us security, peace of mind, planning for the future. It's about making sure you're going to be okay if the worst happens, right? That's what our super is for. It's about securing our future. But I wonder, do you ever worry about your future? I'm sure you have, that you do. Why is that? Well, I put it to you that as humans, we actually want security. We want peace of mind. We want to be okay in the face of uncertainty. These are natural human desires. And they're not bad desires, There's nothing wrong with wanting to have security. But the question is, where are we going to find it? How can we have real security? I'm sure if you've ever tried to claim anything on insurance, you know that that's not really the way. Where is it that we can find real security? Because I think that is at the heart of this passage that we read today in 1 Samuel chapter 8. Now, at first glance, it might look as though 1 Samuel chapter 8 is about a king. And it certainly is about a king, about kingship. The Israelites want a king. But I think as you try and understand, why is it that they want a king? What is it that they're really after? What's going on at the heart level? I think as you kind of drill into that, that what's really going on is that they're on about... Security. Now, you probably didn't wake up today or most days thinking, what I'd really like is a king. But I'd wager that you have worried about being secure, that you've worried about the future, that you've worried about, am I going to be okay? How can I make sure myself, my loved ones will be all right? How can I make sure that we're safe and secure? When it comes to that question, I think 1 Samuel chapter 8 has a lot to teach us, so open it with me and have a look at 1 Samuel 8, and I'm going to read from verse 1. It says this, When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, the name of his second was Abijah, and they were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but they turned aside after gain. They took bribes and they perverted justice. Then 
All the elders of Israel gathered and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now, appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. Now, I think to understand what's going on here, it's important to understand the historical context of First Samuel, First Samuel chapter eight. See, First Samuel comes at the end of this period of Israel's existence known as the Judges. Samuel is actually the last in a long line of Judges of Israel. Now, this period of the Judges is um, explained really well in the Book of Judges, obviously. Um, but in chapter two, and I'll read chapter two, verse sixteen. I would have read more, but for the sake of time, I'll read from verse sixteen. This is what it says: it "says The Lord raised up Judges." who saved them out of the hands of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to the judges, for they whored after other gods and bound down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them and bowing down to them. They did not drop any of their practices or their stubborn ways. You see, to understand what's going on here, you see, Israel's been going through this period of their history They're in the land, they're in what's called this cycle of the judges where the people ignore God, they reject God by living for other gods and then everything goes bad for them and so they cry out and God raises up a judge who saves them from their enemies all the days of that judge but then eventually the judge dies and all goes bad for them as they turn aside from God and repeat the cycle and things spiral from bad to worse. You get to the end of the book of Judges, and it says this last verse. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. You see, in 1 Samuel, God has raised up Samuel to lead, to judge Israel. If you flick back a page to 1 Samuel 7, verse 15, It says this, Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. He went on a circuit year by year to Bethel, Gilgal, Mizpah, and he judged Israel in all those places. Then he would return to Ramah, for his home was there. And there he also judged Israel, and he built an altar there to the Lord. So Samuel's been raised up by God to judge Israel, and he was a good judge for Israel. But when you get to our passage... First Samuel chapter 8, we read that Samuel is now old. Now, if you're an Israelite and you know the history of Israel, the fact that Samuel is old is going to start to worry you. What happens when Samuel's gone? Well, the history of Israel says when the judge is gone, there's been problems for Israel. And as an Israelite, you don't want that, right? If you're looking to the future, you might see problems ahead. So 1 Samuel 8 verse 1, Samuel became old and he made his sons judges over Israel, yet his sons did not walk in his ways. 
They turned aside. So all the elders got together. They came to Samuel and said, Behold, you're old. Your sons don't walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us, like all the other nations. See what's going on? The Israelites are worried about what's going to happen to them. Samuel's not going to be around much longer. His sons are clearly not, not, like, not like Samuel. They're no good. They're no help. They've looked at the other nations around them and they see they've got kings. They say, we need something like that. So do you know what the difference between a judge and a king is? I think it has to do with the dynasty. The Israelites go through this cycle with the judges where God raises up a judge and things go well, but then the judge dies. There's no one to replace the judge until God raises up another one and who knows how long that will be. See, I think what was attractive to the Israelites is that they see the other nation's kings and they see a succession plan. They see that there's someone to replace the king when he's gone, his son. They think if they just get a king, this will give them some sort of security, someone who's going to fight their battles for them. But I think we can be like that, don't you think? I don't think we're that different. We actually want to have security. We want to have peace of mind. We want to be able to control our future. Now, in 1 Samuel 8, they're seeking that in a king. But where do we seek security? We might seek it in a career. Now, I've just got to find myself a job that's going to be stable, that's going to pay me well, that's going to set me up for the future. We might seek it in in wealth or in property. We might seek it in a relationship in a family. You know, I've got to find someone who's going to love me. A relationship where that love is locked in, right? For better or for worse. Someone who's going to be there for me, no matter what. Those are just kind of things on a personal level, but even on a larger scale, we might think politics. You know, we've just got to get the right leaders, the right government to keep us safe, to protect our future, to stop our community from our nation into getting into all sorts of problems. You can see other nations often try and secure themselves or protect themselves in their military. I think we've got to get some nuclear weapons or an army to protect us. And I could go on. I think deep down we want security. And I think we look to all sorts of things to try and provide us with it. I think that's the desire behind their request for a king. But I think they're missing something absolutely fundamental. How look at verse, end of verse 5. They say, now appoint for us a king to judge us like the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord and the Lord said to Samuel, obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you for they have not rejected you but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they've done from the day I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me, serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. Do you see the problem? Israel are putting their trust in a human leader. For their security. You see, the reason that things went well for Israel when they went well for Israel was not because of the presence of a judge. It was God who delivered them. 
And God says that their request for a king is actually a rejection of him. It was God who brought them out of slavery in Egypt. It was God who delivered the land for them to dwell in. It was God who defeated their enemies. They don't need a king for security. They have God. The reason things went bad for them wasn't because they didn't have a judge. It was because they rejected God and they went after other gods. And God knows this, but it seems that they didn't get it. But do we get it? Do you get it? See, is God the one that you are trusting in for your security? Esther read for us in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus' words, he says this, Matthew 6, 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, about what you'll eat and what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll put on. It's not life more than food, the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You see, God knows that we have needs, but he says don't be anxious about these things. He will give us what we need. He will provide for us. He says trust him. He says seek first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And these things will be added for us. Quick aside. Do you ever tell yourself that you can't give to church or to missionaries? I have to invest in myself first. I've got to, I've got to make sure I'm okay. Or do you ever tell yourself, I can't make it to church? You know, I need to spend my time doing this thing on this weekend instead. Or whatever it is, listen, listen to Jesus, he says. Seek first, first, his kingdom and his righteousness. And those other things, they will take care of themselves. See, the Israelites, they want security. But rather than seek their security in God and in his kingship and his rule and his provision, they reject God and they want their own king. But God says to Samuel, Obey their voice. You see, God could have said, no, 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 Samuel. We're not going to let them have a king. But God doesn't say that. God says, give them what they want. But first, warn them. Tell them what a king is going to be like. Verse 10, read it with me. 
So Samuel took all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king, and he said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and to some to plough his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the, char- and the equipment of his chariots. Then he will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He'll take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and he will give it to his officers and his servants. And he will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day, you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. You see, Samuel warns the people, rather than the king giving them what they're looking for, the king's not going to give them anything. The king is going to take from them. You can't help but see that repeated phrase over and over again here. The king, he will take, he will take, he will take. He will take what is yours for himself as his. And you'll cry out because of this king whom you've chosen. And if you know the history of the kings of Israel, you'll know that this is how things panned out. There was the odd okay king in their history, but mostly... And without exception, at one stage or another, all their kings failed them in some way and let them down. And let me say to you, to me, when we seek our security in things other than God, eventually, at some point, those things will fail us too. They don't ultimately deliver. Samuel says the king's going to take from them and he's going to enslave them. And that is often the way our attempts to provide security for ourselves apart from God go also. You see, if you're seeking security in your work, your work will actually keep taking more from us than it's going to provide you. It's enslaving. If you've got to get the job, then you've got to keep the job. You've got to keep performing to have the security. And then there's that feeling that you've got to keep impressing the boss, and you know, this takes our time, there's the constant overtime, and you've got to keep doing the next thing and the next thing and the next thing to keep ahead. The relationship, right? If that's what you're going to get security, there's that feeling that I've got to keep impressing this person. I've got to keep earning their love or they will leave me. There's that pressure that we put on to be good enough, for them to be good enough for us and for us to be good enough for them, and they can't be. And we can't be. See, so many failed relationships testify to the fact that these relationships don't provide the security that people think and hope that they will. You ever tempted to look around the world and to people around you and think, I want what they've got. You know, if I just had that, that then I would be happy. If I just get this, then everything will be okay. Everything will be better. It'll be all right. What is that thing for you? 
If you just think, if I just get that, I just want that and then I'll, I'll be okay. Well, if that thing is not God, it's going to fail you at some level or another. And the illusion that it's going to provide for you will actually enslave you as you chase it. And then, then when you get it, you think, well, now I need the next thing because that didn't really work out like I thought it would. There's a great quote by the actor Jim Carrey. Does everyone know Jim Carrey? Great quote. He says this. He says, I think everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that that's not the answer. Here's a man who, by worldly standards, has achieved success, fame, fortune, And yet as he achieved all these things, he came to realise that they don't deliver the hope that people think they will. God warns the people that getting a king is not going to look like and it's not going to provide what they think it will. Their king is not going to be the answer that they hope he will be. And yet after warning them, they still want a king. Verse 19. It says, The people refused to obey the voice of Samuel and they said, No, but there shall be a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey their voice and make them a king. And then Samuel said to the men of Israel, Go every man to his city. See, they want a king like the other nations, a king who's going to fight their battles for them. But what's it all mean for us today in Bendigo? See, don't you wish, if only there there truly was a human king, who's also God the king, a king who really could fight our battles for us and defeat our greatest enemies. If only there was a king who rather than taking, gives. A king who doesn't seek to be served, but to serve. Imagine a king whose reign and whose rule and whose care for his people isn't going to end. A king whose reign isn't thwarted by his death. Imagine a king who gives us an inheritance, who cannot perish or spoil or fade. A king whose yoke is easy and whose burden is light. Imagine a king who gives us true security. Can you imagine a king like that? Well, through this foolish request for a king, God actually eventually, in his mercy, grants them and us such a king, his son, the Lord Jesus. See, Jesus is... God become man, born into the world to be a king. Jesus comes to fight our greatest battle for us. He defeats the enemies that we can't. He defeats sin. He defeats death. He takes the penalty for our rejection of God that we deserve by dying on the cross. And and he rose from the dead, no more to die. Rather than a, a king who takes... Jesus is the king who gives. He gives his life. As, as Esther read in Mark chapter 10, 
read from verse 42. Jesus called them to him and he said, you know that those who are considered rules of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority, but it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must become slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, wanting security isn't a bad desire. It's just bad when we seek it in all the wrong places. In the Lord Jesus, we have one who actually delivers on all the things we really want and need. Jesus has secured your future. If you come and accept him as your king, your, your future is secure. It's certain. So I want to ask you this morning, have you done that? Have you come to Jesus as your king? Have you bowed the knee of your life to him? If you haven't, I pray that you would come to see Jesus as your king. But if you have trusted in Jesus as your king, I pray you would be trusting in him for your security. That you would seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Not being anxious about the things that he knows that we need and that he will provide. He will provide the things that we need. He's a good king. Let me pray and let me give thanks for our great king, the Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a great God. We thank you that you provide the things that we truly need. We thank you that when we have you, we have security. Help us to trust you when we're tempted to seek our security in other things. And help us um, yeah, to, as we come to you, we'll provide the, the deepest desires of our hearts. And we, we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen.